Hi, this is Sarah. And this is Narelle. Welcome to Hopeless Not Truthless, the truthful podcast about untruthful people, delivered to you by two helpless women. I like it, except you said helpless. Did I? Yeah, but that's fine. (laughs) Fuck! Okay, I'm typing it out. Welcome to Hopeless Not Truthless. The truthful pot. Why didn't I just do this? Sorry, editor. <laughs> Two hopeless women. Fuck, helpless. Okay, okay, okay. All right. Take nine. Hi, this is Sarah. And this is Narelle. Welcome to Hopeless Not Truthless, the truthful podcast about untruthful people, hosted by two hopeless women. Oh my, Narelle, did you get my TikTok about Katie? I did and I died. I, okay, I know. No, you're going to have to walk me through this. Okay. So, Katie, this is the first... Okay, no, no. I've had suspicions about this whole Tom and Ariana thing being... uh, What's the word I'm looking for? Uh, Planned and (laughs) used for publicity to boost the ratings of Vanderpump Rules. But this TikTok, and it wasn't even a TikTok, it was her story. She posted this on her story and she's saying, oh my God, I just watched the mid-season trailer. It is so good. So good. You're not even ready, guys, for the rest of the season. Oh my God, it's just so good. And the way she said it, something about it, the look on her face, I was pretty horrified because I almost feel like I just got confirmation that this whole thing is a giant fucking publicity stunt. So like, is your theory that none of it happened and like, or like Lisa orchestrated the whole thing for, um, I Mm -hmm. want, I, I see the, uh, truth there or like I see that that could be a good idea for a show like this I would almost if I were to come over to your dark side and believe that that is actually (laughs) what's happening here I would I would have to say that I think it I think it all happened but maybe they're just really capitalizing on it and trying to make it as dramatic as possible because maybe they feel like they're aging out of show like the show's ratings were tanking and now they've been presented with this gift of like a dramatic chaotic like situation so I I could see them capitalizing on it for sure I think okay so I absolutely believe Tom and Ariana are done I believe that happened I'm almost I'm almost wondering if this Raquel thing was sorted out before 
And now they're just playing it up for the TV because there are some weird interactions between Ariana and Rachel on the show that we've already seen. Like, girl, I didn't know you had it in you. And Ariana's little smile and Raquel's response. I don't know. I'm part of me is like, is this all orchestrated? Um, not not saying it's not true per se, but I don't know if the absolute drama of it is nearly as intense as to what we're believing. Well, okay, first of all, don't take this from me. This is like my life right now. So I hate you for even putting that thought in my head. Second of all, I don't, I don't know. I feel I don't, okay, I really don't think Raquel, no, as I'm saying this, it's a lie because I do think she's a, a little fame hungry bitch. So this is bad attention, but it's the most attention she's ever had in her life. That can't be my argument. I don't that think could've... I don't think Ariana would play along with it. I don't think so. Like this makes this isn't this isn't her vibe. She doesn't like this kind of attention. But she's getting good attention. True, and she is opening a sandwich shop. Mm. And Katie saying she's going to light everyone on fire, like. She has really put herself at the center of this drama as well, along with Kristen and Jax and Brittany. Stassi's mm-hmm. pregnant again, so she's out, apparently. Um, <laughs> which is interesting because she doesn't seem to be quite as invested as the others for some odd reason. I don't think Stassi... I think Stassi's like in such a good place in her life. She's got her husband like she seems really happy away from the show she seems like she's got no desire to come back Kristen I don't really think she has any desire to come back as well I know Ariana basically asked her slash begged her to come um, and film because of everything that's happening and because of how close they are and I know Jax and Brittany are Definitely chopping at the bit to get back on the show for sure. I saw Brittany. I'm sorry to cut you off now. I saw Brittany in a Jenny Craig ad on my Facebook the other day. Yeah. Yeah. She's been in Jenny Craig for ages. She oh like my God. gross. Yeah. <laughs> I have no comment. I saw that TikTok. I saw that TikTok with Jax going on like Ariana's an independent woman, like Brittany. And you can, and I think Brittany's so sweet. She's sitting there and you can see her thinking. It's like Teresa. You can see her processing. Like, is that, what is he saying? Oh, no, I'm not independent. What you saying, Jax? In her adorable little Kentucky accent. Was that supposed to be your Kentucky accent? <laughs> I think you should show our viewers your James. No, no, it's going to be organic. I can't just pull it out, okay? It's not a party trick. I will bring, it should I will bring, be. We'll bring James out when he's in me. Okay, nope, nope. Oh. I did not. Speaking of James, 
who hasn't that guy been in? And why is everyone in love with James? I didn't realize until you told me you were re-watching Vanderpump. And he started listing all the people James has been with. The list of who he hasn't been with is much shorter. <laughs> but okay, I'm not I'm not above admitting I I'm a, I love James. I do. I think of all the men, he's the most interesting to watch. The <laughs> one leaders this man has. Like he is he is television. He is like I want to see him. If they ever get rid of him, the show's over. Wow. Wow. That's bold. Okay. I, I, I was definitely giving you the side eye at the beginning when you're like, I love James. I love me some James. Um, but when you explain yourself, you love him on television. Yes. I do. He is garbage, right? I just don't feel as strongly about him on my TV. I don't. I don't know. For some reason, I think his outbursts and his anger and his nastiness, it, it's such a gross, uh, I don't know. I, I just don't respond well to that kind of anger. Whereas I like more of a psychopath uh, like Jax, who undercuts and says the nastiest things with a smile on his face, apparently. Okay, I... I see what I think of I think of James as being a baby Jack and I think that's why Jack struggles so hard with uh, James in the beginning because James is younger and he's coming on and Jack's is seeing all of the mistakes and stuff that James is making and it's making him feel all kinds of ways because he's seeing himself in James and the mistakes that Jack's made in James that anger is so similar the way they're disgusting towards women like Come on, you cannot say for a second that this show would be better off without James. No, definitely since they lost all of them at once, like Jax, Brittany, Stassi, and Kristen. And that does go back to my theory as to why they needed the ratings to boost. They knew they were on very thin ice, and they tried to bring in all those newbies, like Charlie, as we discussed last week. And it just was so different. It didn't work. But you made a good point in a conversation we were having earlier. This feels like old Vanderpump. It totally does. Like the last, so I've done, the... I'm on the rewatch right now. I'm in season six, which is still amazing. I feel like eight nine season eight nine I started to like fall asleep on the show and I know they were going through COVID and that was true for a lot of shows obviously the drama is going to suffer because of that but the organic drama so to speak just was not there and all of a sudden this season it feels like it's back and I'm so gripped by the show again and that's why I've started doing the rewatch and I think that's probably why I'm starting to love on James so much is seeing him and how he's I don't know I love it I love the show I love the drama and James is the best part of that you know that's a good point the thing with James which is what we like in every anti-hero is that he does have a heart 
he has a heart. He has such raw emotions. He has a huge anger problem. Yes, for sure. But he, he probably has more emotions than all of them combined. Oh my and... God. You know, I just realized what? you are describing every ex-boyfriend. <laughs> <laughs> no wonder. Oh, I'm broken. Narelle, you have a type. What can we say? Oh my God. I need therapy. That's what we should say. I don't think you're broken. They are. Oh, that's nice. You're just saying that, though, because you're my bestie. It's true. I had one more thought. Actually, I have two more thoughts. Hopefully, I have remembered them by the time I finish. <clears throat> Watching all these clips with Jax, all these old clips with Jax and Sandoval. Sandoval was always such a horrible person, but it was completely washed away by Jax's presence because Sandoval was really one of the only ones who would stand up to Jax. So he, he kind of took on this role. You're like, thank you, Sandoval, for saying what we're all thinking. But when you take Jax away and expose Sandoval, you're like, oh, you've been the villain the whole time. Wow. Yeah, he's using, he absolutely used Jax as like a cover-up for his own evil misdeeds. And it's like having two monsters, that one's got like a mask on, and you don't even notice he's a monster because the other monster is so much louder. And um, wow, that's a good point. I've never thought about that before. He really did use Jax to like hide behind. I really strongly believe that now. Um, the other thing I wanted to ask you about while you're doing your hold on, hold okay. on, hold on, hold on. Just as an aside to that thought, mm-hmm. I think that's what Tom Schwartz says with Tom Sandoval. Ooh. Wow. One hundred percent. I saw in the um mid season trailer. Uh, San or not sorry Schwartz I get them confused so much Schwartz saying an open relationship is pretty tough and that stupid smile stop smiling Schwartz you're pissing everyone off he, he can't stop that's the only thing he has is this little lovable ragamuffin whatever kind of personality he has he is I think he's smarter than Sandoval. He just doesn't, he, I don't know. I just think he's a lot more calculated than people even can recognize because of his stupid, lovable little boy uh, aspect he has to his personality. Absolutely. And he, you're right, like dying at Ragamuffin, by the way, because it's true. But he, he is very smart and he hides it. Whether it's a confidence thing or he doesn't in the ultimately want to be the one blamed, he knows what he's doing. Ding, ding, ding. He doesn't want to be the one that catches the fire. Mm-hmm. Okay. One more question and then we'll get into Jersey. Okay. Hit me. While you're doing your rewatch. Can you tell me your thoughts on James and Lala? Oh, my 
God, I think I might need an entire episode for this. They are end game. The two of them, they are like, I hate to use, I hate to use like these words that I feel like are a little bit cheesy, but I, I think they're twin flames. They're soulmates. I don't know why I forgot. I must've forgotten the storyline between them or it didn't really click or affect me the first time, but they are so in love with each other. It's, it's striking how like their chemistry together, the, how hard they like stick up for each other, how brutal their fights are. And it doesn't matter if they're even in relationship. I'm just got past the part where I believe James and Raquel likely slept together. So Raquel was kind of newly with Randall. Sorry, not Raquel. Yeah, no, Lala is freshly with Randall. Um, and James is with Raquel. And I'm pretty sure they've slept together already. And it's just crazy the way he's talking about Raquel as being this little like side piece. He doesn't care about her. Um, yeah, no, I think we might see eventually maybe not now Lala is single but I do think eventually they're going to come back together he's going to get rid of Ali little miss no nothing no personality and go back to his true love that's my opinion what's yours my opinion like I absolutely agree with you on that because they always come back to each other Narel. they always find their way whether they should or shouldn't um find their way back to one another and they're both so similar to me they with their anger their immaturity they don't really know who they are and they're both really trying to find themselves but it's it's like they found themselves with each other I don't know if it would actually last long term like I don't know if it's end game like you said but there is a draw there whether this is the love of their life but it's so toxic they shouldn't be together I don't know I the reason I think they're end game like mainly it seems during the rewatch now that the biggest reason Lala didn't want to pursue anything with James was because he was kind of a nobody he hadn't made his fortune you know he's there's there's not the kinds of things that Lala was looking for in a relationship and I'm not saying she's a gold digger but I do know Mm. that she wasn't with Randall for his personality or his looks (laughs) Um, so now that she's gone down that road though with Randall for the money and she's probably seen like oh my god this is really not the kind of lifestyle I thought it was going to be I think she's the one that's going to be more open to going down the road with James and it might be him now who's saying I don't know if I want to go there with you that's a good point and he seems pretty smitten with Allie no who no you don't think so no no, he does that with every single woman he's with. He love bombs them. He did had no feelings for Raquel. And like at all the scenes where he's drunk talking about his love for Lala, he's 
throwing Raquel under the bus and then in person with Raquel is just, oh, honey, you're so perfect. I love you. You're perfect. I love you. He does that with all his women. He did it with Kristen. He does it with uh, Raquel. He's doing it with Allie. No, I don't think he loves Allie. Hmm. I've never thought about that. But that is so fucking accurate. I mean, there's something about Allie that reminds me so much of James's mother. When they all went for lunch, I was like, oh, wow. I guess it is true what they say. You date your mother or father or whatever. But I will see Lala just... I think there would be a huge trust factor there. And I, I know how insecure James is. And I think Lala would pique his insecurities. That's probably very true. And it would be a very, very, very messy breakup. Oh, <laughs> it would. I, I would love I want to watch it. Maybe Lisa will orchestrate this for next season. We shall oh, see. Oh. There is a new conspiracy. (laughs) But for now, we've kind of decided just to jump into New Jersey because I tried really hard to recap all six episodes that that have already aired. And there's just so much going on, but really nothing at all at the same time. Today, we are talking about Real Housewives of New Jersey, Shots and Shade, Season 13, Episode 7. It was a good one. It was a good episode. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it, too. And I'm loving the newbie energy. It needed it. This show, we needed some new blood, for sure. It was just, I'm so sick like everyone else in the world of the 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 Judice Gorga storyline happening here. Um but this was a I would say a pretty good episode. There was quite a bit to talk about and our two newbies kind of opened up the episode which was cool. Uh well two of the three newbies. Uh Rachel and Danielle were shopping for Melissa's adult-only luau party. So Rachel in her confessional talks about how grateful she is to have Danielle as another newbie because this group is laughing one minute and then fighting another. So they go back to the store and Rachel asks Danielle what her and Joe were talking about at Dolores's uh, charity softball game. And Danielle says it was a very emotional conversation. They bonded over feelings of loss of their siblings because in the last episode, Danielle tells the group that her and her brother no longer communicate and is tearing up their family. So Rachel and Danielle then rehash how Teresa and Jennifer Aiden talked to them about Margaret and warned them about her. And Rachel says, I like Rachel. She's like, I don't like shit talking. Um, but Danielle seems <laughs> says she thinks Margaret is too judgmental on Jennifer and can't let anything go. They bring up Margaret's ex-best friend, Laura, and discuss what Laura has been telling Teresa and Jennifer about Margaret. And Danielle reiterated that Laura and Margaret 
Laura said Margaret has an arsenal of stuff on women. Rachel says she's confused by Danielle and her confessional because she feels like Margaret has been nothing but nice to her. And it seems like Danielle is definitely believing what Teresa and Jen are saying. I definitely felt like Danielle believed Teresa and Jen. And I definitely think Teresa and Jen are just out to get Margaret. And they're trying to paint everybody's opinion. Like all the newbies, they're trying to like flip them off and be like, come to our side. Don't, don't trust Margaret. For sure. It's the same old story. I mean, Teresa does not forgive and she does not forget. And neither does Jennifer. I think maybe Jennifer's a little more uh, forgiving, but she is definitely team Teresa. So whatever Teresa thinks, Jennifer thinks is my opinion. That's, I, that's my opinion too. <laughs> when you said she can't, Teresa can't forgive and forget. I'm like, that woman is an elephant. She like, she'll never let go of anything and Margaret and her have such a long history together but yeah I don't I'm not a fan and I'm feeling like Danielle's following for it yes and I think Danielle has a history with Teresa so right out of the gates we've got one team Teresa one team Melissa Mm, interesting okay so next Teresa's at the jewelry expo Um, and there's four weeks left till the wedding. She's looking for gifts for her bridesmaids, and then Jennifer Aiden meets her there. Jennifer asks Teresa what earrings she's wearing at the wedding, and Teresa replies she's just going to wear some studs. She's going to keep it simple. Okay, as someone who has seen the wedding pictures, I can confirm that that idea did not age well. (laughs) (laughs) Teresa is really happy because her brother came up uh, to her at the charity softball game. And Teresa tells Melissa it would have been nice if Joe and Melissa had tried to make things better and asked her and Louie to stay at their shore house. Teresa then compares not inviting Melissa's family to the big Italian wedding to not being invited to stay at Joe and Melissa's shore house, even though one happened way after the other. Okay, Uh. Teresa. (laughs) Teresa feels they should not have had Margaret at their house instead of her. Jennifer fuels Teresa's fire by pointing out that this is a constant reminder that Joe and Melissa are always going to be team Margaret. Teresa thinks that maybe Melissa and Joe are trying to keep Margaret, the enemy, closer. Jennifer says maybe Margaret has something on Joe and Melissa. Oh, I am just having such a hard time with Teresa and Jennifer Aiden. It's kind of like the Katie and Lala thing for me. I feel they're mean girls. I feel if you don't agree with them or take Teresa's side, you are automatically a target for them. Uh, Is Margaret really that evil, that deceptive? Maybe. I'm not going to close the door on that idea. I just haven't seen her totally blow someone's life up. Okay. Well, besides Jennifer Aiden's, but... Keep in mind, Jennifer Aiden threw so much shade at Margaret first. And apparently Margaret had that information for a long time. That whole storyline, Margaret exposing the affair of Bill's affair, is 
going to carry on throughout this entire season as well. So I'm kind of over it. Yeah. Yeah. Like I get why Jennifer, to some extent, I know why Jennifer is siding with Teresa against uh, Margaret being the enemy because of that. But um, maybe I should blame your husband. All right. Like it's not Margaret's fault. Okay. And that's part of the show too. Like she's going to bring it up if she heard it. And the only reason she heard it is because your husband did it. Yes. I, at least compared to last season, I feel like Jennifer is finally holding Bill to the flame. It's just too much. I don't want to see it anymore. Stop it. Let it go. I get it though. But as you said and pointed out, it is such a, it's a show. And it's, if it happened, it's going to come out. I don't understand why these housewives go on the show with all of these skeletons in the closet all the time. Like they come out people. There's no hiding it. Yes. It's so bizarre to me when they're, I mean, in all fairness, I have, I don't think I've ever seen a housewife get this upset about something being exposed before. I do appreciate Jennifer's care and concern for her children. And I understand that, but to pretend it's not okay or never happened, I think this will be actually the most therapeutic thing to happen to Jennifer. I, all I'm thinking about when you said that is Camille and Fraser, not Fraser, whatever his name is. <laughs> yes. Kelsey, Kelsey, yes, Fraser. Um, like she had that for a while as well. Uh, it's just weird. That's another instance crazy to me that you don't realize this going on this show you are going to be very vulnerable to having all of your secrets exposed so buckle up buckle up baby we then go to Dolores and Polly and they talk about how he's feeling after his heart procedure he still seems like he's feeling pretty shitty so he's not going to go to the shore with her um so because Polly's not coming, Dolores is setting new boundaries with Frank out of respect for Polly and is going to stay with Rachel as opposed to staying at Frank's shore house with him and Brittany. Bill and Jennifer rehash their therapist appointment. Jennifer confronts Bill about being silent during that appointment with therapist Judy. Bill responds with a bunch of mumbo jumbo saying that oftentimes they say inconsiderate, hurtful, and stupid things, and we're trying to help fix the situation. Jennifer thinks there's a lot of stuff left unsaid, and they keep pretending everything is okay, but it's not. Yeah, I know I hate to side with little Miss, Mrs. Aiden here, but that conversation if he was my husband would have driven me up the wall like could you just have an opinion that is not uh based on nothing like those are just words what are you even trying to talk to me about oh yes it was so infuriating to watch and I feel like Bill because he is intelligent and and I gotta be honest I don't know if Jennifer is I don't know Um, He seems very intellectual and that is a big focus for him. I think he just kind of talks over her, uses a bunch of big words and, but she's catching on to the trick here, Bill. Yeah. 
No, I think she is catching on and she's getting very annoyed. I think she's also very embarrassed. She's been humiliated. Part of the reason she never like told anybody about the affair was self-serving. Like she wanted to protect her own image as well as being this happy wife in this happy life with her beautiful family and perfect uh, husband. And now she is seething towards him, but she's going to start taking it out on other people because she's not, I don't think she's comfortable like displaying that level of anger with Bill. Very good point, Raul. It There is... I think due to their culture and the circumstances and that go around that relationship, I do feel there is a hierarchy there. And I, but I feel like Jennifer has pretended there isn't, but you're right. She's seething. She's not holding back uh, nearly as much as she used to, but she's angry and I think you're right. She's taken it out on everyone else. Next, the group arrives at their respective shore houses. Jennifer and Bill have a shore house now, and we get to have a little peek inside. Evan and Jackie arrive at Melissa and Joe's shore house. Jen Fessler, who I like. I I really like Jen Fessler, by the way. I think she's, I just, she's such a voice of reason so far. She hasn't done anything to annoy me, and I think she's hysterical. Um, Jen Fessler and her husband, Jeff, and Dolores arrive at Rachel's short house. And then Danielle, her husband, Louie, and Teresa arrive to Jennifer Aiden's house. Margaret drops a little crumb at lunch that at the charity softball game, Teresa had nonchalantly invited Margaret Sr. to her wedding. You can tell immediately that Joe and Melissa are super pissed. Because Melissa's mom, Donna Marco, was never invited herself. Oh, my God. I also think Jen Fessler is so good for the show. Um, She just seems to be a good friend, a good person, doesn't like to get into the drama. And I really appreciated how a few episodes ago when Margaret lost her shit, on Jennifer Aiden, she said, Margaret, this is not you. Your behavior was pretty much disgusting. And she called her out. She's a good friend. The shore houses, the big display. I I mean, I love seeing it. That's why I watch Housewives. Um, the whole invite to Mark Sr., I just thought, oh my God, Teresa, I don't know if it's deliberate or I I do think Teresa genuinely does have a kind heart a lot of the time. And she probably saw Marge Sr. and she thought, oh yes, come, but not totally understanding the consequences that would come with that. I kind of think you're right. I don't know. Uh I know, I absolutely know it was deliberate that she did not invite Donna Marco. I don't know if in the moment Teresa's able of being conniving, she's, no, okay, don't get me wrong, very capable of being conniving, but I think it takes a lot of brain power for her. Like, she can't do it in the moment like that, 
I believe that she invited um, Margaret's mom. And then probably as the words came out of her mouth, she started thinking to herself, oh, no, what have I done? And that could have been a time where she could have reached out to Donna Marco and be like, hey, guess what? The moms are coming. Come on in. But she didn't. No, that's where Teresa always falls down. She is so stubborn. She will stand by her own word and her own feelings. And she will cut off her nose to spite her face. It's not a good look. She only really seems to do that with her brother, mostly Melissa. It's just so over it. This is also the scene where Teresa is talking to Danielle and Jennifer Aiden about the fact she has never stayed at her brother's shore house. And Gia once asked to stay there. And apparently Melissa said no to Gia. Mm. So like you said, she's an elephant. That's a memory. She'll never forget whether it's twisted or not. It is painful. Yeah. And I, I think there is some, like the scenes I've seen of the girls, like Gia and the girls with uh, Melissa and Joe, you can tell, like, I kind of believe the girls, I kind of believe that Melissa and Joe haven't really been reaching out and acting like an aunt and uncle. Like, I don't, I don't want to say that I think Teresa is the, like, redeeming relative in this story, but I, yeah, I don't, I wouldn't be surprised if Melissa did say no. Hmm, that's interesting. I, I am definitely team Melissa for the most part, so I am biased I just feel like Melissa would know how pissed Teresa would be if she said no. I I feel like with you as usual with Teresa, there's more to the story that she did not explain. She left the detail out. Maybe Melissa rented it out to someone else or maybe she was there, who knows. True, true. Um so then we go to Melissa and Joe their lunch dates at their sure house discussed Danielle and her brother not having a relationship. And the fact Danielle claims it was because her brother made fun of her about her Instagram. So they believe Danielle is leaving out a big chunk of the story because she doesn't want to look bad. Teresa then tells Louie, she is not going to go out of her way to her brother at the Luau party and talk about anything And then Louie tells her not to let him get to her. Teresa responds, it is all love, love, love. Hilariously, Bill is in the next room telling Jennifer Aiden that as far as Margaret goes, they will try to carry themselves with class. Jennifer responds by asking Bill to get her a shot because she wants to show Margaret what disheveled really means. (laughs) I loved Margaret calling her disheveled and I love that Jennifer stepping into it. Like <laughs> it's too much. I love it. I think it's good TV. Jennifer Aiden, no matter what, she is light enough when she needs to be. Yeah, she is. She is good TV. Um, I will give her that. All right. Next, Melissa's mom and family have shown up for the Luau party. 
Melissa and Joe's party was really well done. They even had a cigar station. They have the Gorgon name made out of bread and a lobster made out of bread. Jennifer Aiden shows up and lays Joe, Joe Gorga, who seems surprisingly enthusiastic. The party has hardly started before Margaret, Jackie, and Rachel start talking about all the things Teresa and Jennifer Aiden said about Margaret and how they warned Rachel about Margaret and how it's better to have her as a friend than an enemy. Rachel tells Margaret what Danielle said about um, the arsenal of information and that she's locked and loaded and ready to drop a bomb at any time on anyone in the group. And then Danielle said Margaret is judgmental. Margaret has to explain to, Mo to Melissa what an arsenal is, which was just amazing. Um, and then fills her in on what Danielle and Rachel were talking about while shopping for bathing suits. <laughs> Joey Gorga was pretty excited about that lay. I have to agree. I also kind of love that this is where the drama starts. And I think Rachel is going to be an amazing housewife. Is all I can say. Yeah, I think she will as well. There's something different about her. She's a little bit, not that she's like above the drama, but clear headed or something. Like she's just very, she doesn't, fall, she doesn't look like she's going to fall for anything. Yes. And I just love the way she's so black and white about things um and she's so beautiful <laughs> she really is uh next we have margaret and a group of people telling teresa that rachel and danielle told her that her and jennifer were warning them about her and if they had made up like in the last episode like margaret thought why was she saying these things about her Rachel, this is where Rachel, I thought, go Rachel. Uh, she doubled down and reiterates what Teresa was saying to Teresa. So she had a full understanding of what was being said. Teresa, in true Teresa fashion, denies saying that. And that says that she doesn't remember. And then accuses Rachel of trying to start trouble between her and Margaret. Teresa then point blank asks Rachel, are you starting to cause a problem between me and Margaret? And Rachel responds that I was having a conversation with Margaret. I'm being transparent. And I am just saying exactly what uh, you told me. So Teresa says she's just starting to get to know Rachel. And this is in her confessional. I'm just starting to get to know Rachel. And she does not like her running to Margaret and twisting what she is saying they did a flashback to when Teresa and Jennifer were warning her warning warning uh, Rachel and Danielle and it's exactly how Rachel was saying it so Teresa then comes up with some decent enough excuse saying I wasn't really saying anything bad about you I was just saying if you know if someone gets on your bad side you're ruthless and have no problem taking them down so Margaret tells Teresa Hey, you can be upfront with me. If you don't, like, I don't want to be faking my life here. If you have a problem, tell me. And Teresa denies it again and says her comment could have been applied to anyone in the group. That they just all fight back. It isn't a big deal. And honestly, I really feel like you can just tell Teresa doesn't like Margaret. And Margaret just doesn't like Teresa. 
I okay when Teresa said the comment like about it being high school um okay yeah it is and you started it and then when Margaret I thought Margaret made a really good point when she said that um she would never do this to Teresa like she might have the same opinion of Teresa but she would never go out of her way to warn somebody about Teresa in that fashion like that is grounds for Margaret being upset I think I would be upset I'd be pissed Teresa would be the most pissed it's so unfair the hypocrisy of Teresa sometimes is infuriating sometimes <laughs> like the mate like oh her she's such a hypocrite but i love to watch her me too me too okay so next frank and dolores are having a chat about polly and frank tells dolores that she needs to push him to spend more time with the guys frank's girlfriend Brittany tells dolores she's sad that she's not staying at frank's shore house with them and dolores says she only did it because polly was not or in case Polly was coming. She didn't want to make him feel awkward. Frank, though, is obviously very hurt by this. Jennifer and Bill, on the other hand, are obviously very wasted. As Louis telling everyone that there's not going to be any assigned seating at the wedding, Jennifer Fessler is telling Teresa that the group brought up Melissa's mom not being invited, and she asks Teresa outright if this was an oversight. Teresa, though, firmly tells her it was not an oversight and that they have history, but she'll leave it at that. In her confessional, a producer asked Teresa to explain the history. She says, 10 years ago, I got busy, and I guess they got jealous. And it flashes back to, um, I think it was Antonia's christening, and Melissa's mom and sister were tweeting about Teresa, and she says she's just kept her distance ever since. She says she'll forgive, but she will never forget. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Louis says he apologized to Donna Marco when he saw her at the luau party about the wedding, and then it flashes back to a behind-the-scenes view of Louis telling Donna, please forgive me and don't hold it against me. I'm trying. He tells this to Teresa in front of the group and says he's not involved in this 10- to 20-year legacy. Teresa said, um, in her confessional that she wished Louie would have discussed this with her before talking to Donna Marco, but she knows he's just trying to be a peacemaker and it's actually Joe Gorga's fault for not coming to her sooner to fix this. If It's Joe's fault because he loves the spectacle and it's always Joe's fault. Oh my God. That part killed me. I'm like, where's, where, okay, I'm waiting for Melissa to be blamed here as well. I think it's coming. <laughs> Yes, I think it is. Okay, number one, Louie, there is something weird about Louie, okay? I don't know what it is. It, he's cheesy. He's car salesman -y. No offense, car salesman. There's just something off about him and the way he went and tried to make the peace because he's such a peacemaker to Donna Marco. And removed himself from that entire situation with her, but stands so firm in his stance against Joe and Melissa tells me either the Joe and Melissa shit like is real and they are actually not that great of people or Louie just wants to be liked by the public. 
there is something very car salesman about him. I don't know. Maybe he doesn't blink. There's something about his face <laughs> I don't trust. But on the flip side, he does do these things that I think are really good as a partner to somebody like Teresa. Like she needs somebody who wants to be a peacemaker and like smooth things over. But I was kind of annoyed. I I don't really think it's making peace if um you're really only saving your own butt. Like why did he have to say I'm trying here. Please forgive me. Like, okay, but how about your wife? Like, yeah, I felt it was. It, I I actually felt he was throwing Teresa under the bus, and it wasn't a good look for him. Even though you're right, he does help Teresa. He calms Teresa. He guides Teresa. Is he controlling Teresa? I don't know. Can Teresa be controlled? I think when it comes to Louie, she can. When it comes to men, I mean, Joe Judice was, I think, probably, this is speculation, I think he wore the pants in that family. I think he was the, the boss of the house. I think Teresa grew up in a traditional Italian house. I don't know what that's like, but it, she has kind of explained, like, the man is takes care of everything and does everything, and he's the man, and I don't know. Yeah, no, it's it was pretty evident. I I feel like it's a little bit more equal between her and Louie, but mm-hmm. there's, there's something off there. But there's also something off about Teresa, so it kind of matches, and, like, I get it, and I do think he's way better for her than Joe Judice was, but I don't quite trust his motives. We shall see. Obviously, they're very happy together, but yeah, he's a he's a weird one. He is, and I hope for Teresa's sake, he is genuine, and maybe he's just nervous with the cameras. I don't know. <laughs> is that why his face is so red? <laughs> oh <laughs> my god. And but Teresa is tanned as hell too. Like I just look at them, I'm like, oh my god, get out of those sunbeds, guys. Like, stop, put some sunscreen on immediately. So this is where things start to really get spicy. Um, Danielle hears her name being said in conversations around the party. Dolores, so she's looking, she's on the hunt. Who's saying my name? Dolores then tells her that. Margaret is upset about you repeating that Teresa and Jennifer told you to be careful around her. Danielle said she was just repeating it and she thinks their behavior is super childish for whispering about it and not talking to her directly about it, which I understand. Jackie, 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 friend Jackie uh, initiates the conversation with the group and asks them if they believe Danielle's Instagram slash brother story is legit. Uh, Danielle was not present for this. This is one of these side conversations that Danielle was getting so worked up about. Right away, Teresa defends Danielle and she says, it's an Italian thing. (laughs) Melissa notices Danielle and her husband are sitting off to the side. So she goes and checks on her. And Danielle explains, I don't like hearing my name come up. 
in conversations I'm not a part of. And Melissa tells her what's being said. She said, they feel like you're hiding something about the story with your brother. Danielle is, becomes unleashed. She goes up to Jennifer and Teresa and she's like, I'm ready to go. She pretty much forces them out of the party. Uh, Danielle left without saying goodbye to anybody. And in the sprinter van on the way home, uh, Teresa tells Danielle that Jackie started it. Yeah, elephant memory. And Danielle says, the one person you don't want to have as an enemy is me. (laughs) I need to know what Jackie's problem is with Danielle. She hates her. She's like on the offense going after her about her looks, about what she wears, about the words coming out of her mouth. Like there's something there. Yes, Jackie is dry. Like, I'm not a huge Jackie fan. Um, I've never been a huge Jackie fan. But this friend role for her, I think, has to play in with her self-confidence. I think she's struggling with it. I think she's trying to purposefully stir up the shit, stir up the storylines. But it's aggressive. And I just wish Jackie would be more herself and just react instead of creating Mm. I always feel in situations like this when I see someone like Jackie who is so aggressively coming for somebody about like the way she's almost painting um Danielle out to be a bit of a you know a bumpkin like she's not dressing right she's not saying the right things like it's coming from such a place of insecurity. There's something about herself, Jackie, that is reminding her of Danielle. And it's really annoying her and it's really offending her. And that's why I think she's so aggressive towards Danielle. There's something about Danielle that reminds her of herself. That's my theory. Okay. Love that theory. I think you've hit the nail on the head. I think Jackie has always felt like an outsider from, you know, growing up, being overweight. And she has dedicated her life to trying to fit into this group of people, whether it's Teresa and Melissa or not. But she has worked so hard to try to hide. I, I really believe that. Hide who she is on the, you know, externally and internally. That you're right, Narelle, I think. She recognizes someone who's perhaps someone who she used to be like Danielle. What I love about Danielle is she does. She dresses how she wants. She talks how she wants. She does what she wants. I like that. It's endearing. She's authentic. She's fun to watch. And, and the other week, Jackie said, well, I am a snob. And I thought, Jackie, what's why are you bragging about being a snob? Bizarre. I think there's something inside of her that she's just reeling against. Maybe it is that she knows how authentic Danielle is. And she knows that she's completely inauthentic and unable to be herself. And maybe she's really just jealous of that like aspect to Danielle's personality. I don't know. But it's 
it's clear as day that she's got a big problem with Danielle. And unless there's some other storyline we're not aware of, like, I got to think it's jealousy. Yeah, I think it is jealousy. And I'm very curious to see if they can move forward and move past this. I have a feeling not. I think Jackie's going to hold on to this, you know, for a while. And Danielle might take it and run with it too. It's her first season. This is good drama. She doesn't want to get on Teresa and Jennifer's bad side. She might just hold on to this one and who knows what will happen at the next mozzarella making party. Oh, some mozzarella. I'm excited for the next episode. Me too. I heard it's called Pizzagate. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Well, this is really fun again. I love chatting to you about this stuff. Me too. I feel like we could talk well we pretty much do all day every day about it i know we're gonna like hang this up and then i'm probably gonna voice note you immediately but (laughs) yes and vanderpump tonight baby oh my god i can't wait and this might be the pool scene so (laughs) bring it on okay well thanks norelle i love you love you too stay truthless (laughs) but not hopeless Maybe a little hopeless. Maybe a little hopeless. We're so clever.